Seattle City Council member Teresa Mosqueda retweeted a socialist posting a screenshot of an article from the official voice of the Communist Party of Cuba Central Committee with a photo of a mass murderer and tyrant Fidel Castro. And who made the tweet? Oh, man. Why don't you fucking stop it? Shit. This is too fucking big for you. You know that? Who did the tweet? Who was the socialist? Fuck, man. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle of enigma. This fucking reply guys don't even know. Don't you get it? Fuck, man. I guess this is normal for Seattle. Again, posting from the left. Posting from the left. <laughs> posting from the left. Ironically, when your uh, Joe Pesci Italian Louisiana actually sounds nothing like Joe Pesci and exactly like Michael Parenti. Dude, I was kind of, uh, honestly, fuck. It rocked, man. Dude, it's perfect. I, I, it's great. I, I, Which makes, I, I, that's a whole I, other I, meta level to this. Um, one of, Michael Parenti being one of the great, like, all-time JFK obsessives uh and Dude, no, so like the thing is i mean like the funniest thing about that greg is um <laughs> i was uh in my book club last night and like i was reading something i'm like wow this reminds me of a parente uh lecture right um I was, it was actually discourse on colonialism and i opened it and i did oh, yeah. the parenti and I, and I did my parenti voice and they were like Honestly, that was the best Parenti voice I've ever heard. Dude, dude okay. And I was like, if, wow. If you weren't wow. even trying to do Parenti there. I wasn't there, trying, then, yeah. Then, <laughs> but he was maybe subconsciously but, but being I, channeled. Sub, like, no, if you I were really doing it, it sure. if you were really doing it, yeah, I'm sure he would sound exactly <laughs> like Michael Parenti. Holy shit. Because I, I, I was seeing him, like, behind a microphone at a podium as you're doing that, which is really funny. Oh, I love that. Let's do the show. Let's go. Welcome to Mechanical Freak. We're broadcasting live from the top of the retractable roof at T-Mobile Park in Seattle, Washington. <laughs> that city of the future on the bleeding edge of neoliberal dystopia today, where we're taking turns watching through binoculars a distraught Russell Wilson cross-legged and sobbing <laughs> on the 50-yard line of an exposed lumen field douse himself with bottle after bottle of Arctic Blast Gatorade and inexplicably <laughs> self-immolating, disappearing into turquoise <laughs> flames. That's right. Welcome to the show. It's me, Colin. I'm here with Munya and Greg. And we've got just some great stuff to talk to you about. We have we have a, a saga, one of our own, Munya versus Eddie Munster. That's Jason Rance <laughs> on Cuba. And we've got a big story about Amazon's union um, vote, which is starting today. Uh, and Bezos stepping down. And that's not all in our Patreon episode this week. We have another big brain piece from the Ed Board about why local elections matter. and a Seattle Times, stay winning. Exactly. And a new head that we seek uh, in, a, in a dish below a guillotine has, has <laughs> just appeared. Um, yeah, what's, what's going on, dudes? You, you feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling great, man. Check out that Patreon. It's gonna be it's gonna be lit. Yeah, it should be uh should be fun. I mean, you know, we're uh we're missing our friends, uh Brian and Cassidy this week, you know, but uh they have lives. I mean 
Uh, Brian said he was grading papers. Well, what he meant to say is he got stuck behind the old paper printing press of the Times. <laughs> and the freaks haven't been able to get him out yet. He's been back there for a while. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like Homer in the um, vending machine. He just like has <laughs> yeah. to let go of uh, <laughs> yesterday's copy of the Times. And he, could, he could be joining. He just us right wants now. to read that that editorial, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he refuses to pay for the online subscription. <laughs> All right, well, Cassidy, I, I assume is TikToking. I don't know. Yeah, living her best life on the peninsula. Yeah. No, absolutely. absolutely. Running for city council out there. Yeah. <laughs> getting, getting, her, getting her campaign together. Hell yeah. Um, well, I mean, without further ado, this is this big Cuba story. Munya, you are literally at the center of this. <laughs> well, maybe not the center. <laughs> yes, I, I am at the center of the story. Okay. Maybe Thank we should you. start. Storm. <laughs> maybe we should start from the beginning. All right. Fair enough. It was 1959. No. <laughs> <laughs> so last month, the Seattle City Council um, passed a resolution which was co-sponsored and um, endorsed by Teresa Mosqueda, who is running uh, for their re-election in position eight, and Shama Swant in position three, who is uh, facing a bullshit recall attempt right now. Yeah, fuck um, that. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, who do we know? Who all voted for it? Yeah, like so everyone voted for it except for Alex Peterson. <laughs> oh, no solidarity with the Cuban people from the mm-hmm. representative from District Four. Mm-hmm. What a surprise! Mm-hmm. He doesn't want the Cuban vaccine. No, it doesn't work on Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mayo Man uh, rejected uh, the Cubans, unfortunately, but. Uh, the rest of the city council voted for it. So this is um, a resolution that um, requests uh, Joe Biden to reverse the inclusion of Cuba on the um, state sponsors of terrorism list. Um, and they're basically requesting Cuba, which is, I mean, a big deal, Um and you know they're yeah, it's also a big requesting deal that they've been painlessly put on that list. Oh, and you know, embargoed for the entire existence of that republic, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, basically been in a cold war with America for their entire existence. Yeah, yeah, right. And of are kicking America's ass still, despite that. <laughs> yeah, just, still winning. Yeah, hard, very winning, extremely America, hard, as we will get to. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, the Seattle City Council, um, again, like the city council of one of the richest cities of the richest country in the world, um, has requested medical, academic, and pharmaceutical assistance from Cuba, asking for their doctors to come over as well as, um, you know, teachers uh, to the state, specifically Seattle, um, you know, for COVID um, relief. And with that, they also just have a formal request for Joe Biden to remove them from the state sponsors of terrorism list as well. Um, and that passed seven to one. Alex Peterson being the only one to vote against it. Uh, Shama Sawan, a socialist city council member in Mosqueda, uh, put it forward. And, you know, what's really interesting, actually, is that um, Teresa Mosqueda uh, put out a similar resolution that I, I don't think um, made it to a vote. But uh, Mosqueda put out a similar resolution in 2019, too. Um, you know, 
to remove Cuba from the uh, uh, state sponsors of terror list. So um, 14 other cities have followed suits too, including San Francisco, Richmond, and Berkeley. Um, so, you know, this is kind of becoming a trend in, um, you know, metropolitan cities uh, so far. So um, it's just really positive, I think, because, you know, um, it, it's absurd that Cuba has been under uh, just violence from the U.S. for this long. Um, sanctions kill people um, and they've just devastated uh, the Cuban people really um, for no reason other than uh, you know essentially um, exercising power um, and kind of like um, extending the Cold War. I think that um, you, know, you know we've had since the middle of the 20th century. So essentially, uh, this resolution encourages the kind of collaboration, as how they frame it, with uh, Cuban counterparts in the transfer of knowledge and like joint collaboration between um, King County, Seattle, and um, you know healthcare workers what they call innovation treatments and um, development of new treatments, vaccines, and protocols. So it's essentially Seattle asking um, Cuba for those things. Well, I'm very confused, Monia. What could Seattle, the hub of global innovation, possibly gain from cooperating with the tiny, poor communist nation of Cuba? And what innovation could they possibly have to offer us? Yeah, because I was taught all throughout um, school that, uh, you know, communism kills innovation. So I'm kind of confused by that, too. Like, are we becoming communist? Um, I'm so I'm, I'm really confused. But, you know, oh, that's we have why a lot we're, of smart people we're blowing it at COVID is because we have become. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think I think that that's my. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think I think that we're becoming like communism to me is when bad things happen and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and capitalism Commun- is the other thing. Communist communism is when any society doesn't work to me. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, uh, weird that we could possibly stand to learn anything from the country whose uh, communist healthcare uh, system has developed. Oh, I don't know. A vaccine for AIDS and babies. They also have a higher life expectancy than the United States. Um, they just they have some of the best healthcare in the world, obviously, and they send and have always sent doctors around the world to, you know, countries with healthcare systems that are not as good and not as developed, like America. Like America, exactly. Let's see, the, you know, the rest of the world historically, uh, many countries have embraced that um, because it's basically like a free major high quality subsidy to their healthcare system by getting these doctors who are trained in droves in Cuba in excellent uh, medical schools, as well as, you know, access to like Cuban drugs, which are, you know, like world class. I've been saying for months, like before the Cubans even like announced that they would have a vaccine. I was like, obviously the Cubans are going to have a COVID vaccine in the first round. And it's probably, I'm just going to assume it's better than anybody else's because why would you trust any any of these other fucking people? And I want it, so I'm all for this. Because I, I I I I tweeted at the Cuban embassy the other day saying like I was ready to volunteer for uh, their vaccine test, which I read last month. They've been having trouble testing, getting good data on it because they have no real like COVID outbreak. Yeah, because they basically Cuba. beat COVID because right, so they don't even good. need the vaccine, so they can't. So like. <laughs> 
testing the vaccine um, in their population is not like super useful data because like the difference like in in like your your uh likelihood of getting it is not going to be that great <laughs> even with a working vaccine so i offered i tweeted at the cuban embassy i was like look are do you, are you really going to be sure your vaccine is worth a damn before it's put to the test in the petri dish that is america no obviously not so you should probably hook me up and I, it looks like the city council is um right there with me on this yeah solidarity you know we have the uh sick ass country and they have all of the advanced research and technology it's like a match yeah. made in heaven it's a match made at the end of history yeah um, <laughs> uh it's perfect but no for i mean for real like shout out to the city council to do this shout out to shama sawan and Teresa mosqueda especially yeah. for sponsoring this i mean i think it's really um big and it's important um it's embarrassing that we're still talking about uh you know, lifting sanctions from Cuba in 2021, you know, but, um, you know, what better place to start than like right now? And it, and it needs to happen. Um, so, you know, this is, it's a really positive step that, um, you know, politicians are, are, are doing this on their own accord. Um, so. Yeah. yeah and let's, let's not forget, like the Obama administration made a lot of like, Hey, of like, Oh, we're going to do the right thing. And like end the cold war with Cuba. Um, and they did take steps. I mean, there's yeah. because of the Obama administration, there's, you know, they they normalize diplomatic relations basically. Yeah. Right. But there's still all kinds of problems with, uh, and things that were able to be undone and reinstituted by the Trump administration that are, that need to go away. Um, and really, yeah, I mean, the, the, the great thing is like about Cuba existing is that they probably will give their vaccine as part of a big, you know, part of their like global, like health diplomacy program to, you know, they probably will give the the information the IP for it to other countries to produce cheaply. Like we were talking about would be what maybe could have happened with the Oxford vaccine. Um, and, uh, hopefully, I mean, hopefully they will, un that'll happen and they'll undercut the fucking price of all these corporate vaccines and fuck them over. It'll be great. Yeah. That would rule. And yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's so, it's so sad to me that, um, you know, Cuba, this, you know, small country is, um, you know, despite all of the opp oppression and imperialism that they've faced, you know, um, it's, it's sad and hopeful, but like to see them still, um, you know, doing their, like having like global international solidarity and kind of living up to that, um, you know, idea in a way. And you know, I remember when COVID first started, like the Cuban doctors were on the ground in Italy when Italy was mm -hmm. getting ravaged, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, Cuba's just a real big inspiration to me in general. So it's just, um, it's just really cool to, to see. And, you know, hopefully, uh, the U S, um, you know, uh, normalizes relations, but, you know, also Cuba, I'm just like, you know, just rooting for self-determination and, um, just the end to this uh, nightmare of imperialism by the U.S. Yeah, they really are like a perfect foil for America because all along the Cubans for now, what is it, 60 some years have like been really internationalist in their outlook and really like participated in like liberation globally in ways that like 
even when the Soviet Union was around and popular, was they were very they were reluctant to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, and and that's for both mil certainly militarily is what I'm talking about there. But then also, you know, like they're like the way that America is the thinks of itself as the police of the world and like has to have like is sending fucking you know. Uh, bombers or special ops or anything between to like 45 countries around the globe at any day and murdering people. Uh, that's Cuba, but just for their healthcare system. Like they're just around the world fucking curing people's ailments on a daily basis. And it, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Like for, for all the travesties that the U.S. has, you know, caused the third world and ultimately like upended the third world and the non-aligned movement in general. Um, it's just like amazing to see the good guys win for once you know and cuba definitely is the good guy winning um in this oh, yeah. scenario you know so um yeah i mean big shout out to cuba for reporting on this because i don't think we would even know about this vote if um you know their newspaper didn't report on it so um yeah i'm just i'm, I'm loving what they're doing yeah the official voice of the communist party of cuba central committee <laughs> uh grandma <laughs> Named for the yacht that carried Castro and some of the original fighters to the island uh, for the revolution. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it doesn't mean something in Spanish. It's it's grandma, like it's your just grandmother. Grandma. Yeah, it's the name of a boat they, like, I don't know, bought or that stole rules. or something. <laughs> Fucking rules. Okay, so, so, that, so that grandma article, Munya, you tweeted that saying, you know, how awesome it is, how beautiful the Cuban people are, how great it is that we have uh, queens like Teresa and Shama on the council to like do this this go good, even if symbolic. I mean, man, I wouldn't be great if it actually bore fruit like a vac Cuban vaccine in my arm kind of stuff. And everyone was like, hell yeah, Munya. Uh, that's a great tweet. Um, <laughs> thank, you for thank you for introducing me to Grandma, the official organ of the Cuban Communist Party. Yeah. Um, no, people were hyped. Yeah, everyone was really fucking stoked on it. A story that no one had picked up on at all. I mean, because to, to be fair, it is essentially like a symbolic vote of a city council. But uh, and then nothing interesting happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, uh, yeah. So uh, or so we thought, because um, yeah. <laughs> that tweet did so much play that. Uh, one of our friends, one of our, you know, our most favorite uh, little buddies. Friend of uh, the show. Friend of the show, uh, Eddie Munster himself, Mr. Jason Rance from KTTH Radio. Um, but I get, you know, you've heard it in our little opening uh, dramatization there. He tweets, Seattle council member Teresa Mosqueda ret retweeted. Oh, that's right. It got retweeted by Teresa Mosqueda. Obviously, like he's, you know, Monia, you're giving her a shout out here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Talking about how, how sometimes our city government can be good. And Rance says Seattle council member Teresa Mosqueda retweeted a socialist posting a screenshot of an article <laughs> from the official voice of the Communist Party of Cuba's of the Cuba Central Committee. I keep saying that wrong. Official voice of the Communist Party of Cuba Central Committee. With a photo of mass murderer and tyrant Fidel Castro. <laughs> Fuck off. I guess, 
I guess this is normal for Seattle, <laughs> which I, I just fucking love. So that, uh, so we, but of course, it's not just a tweet. He probably, he must have done it on his show. He must have done an hour on it because it got generated into one of these, um, uh, you know, transcript articles onto uh, my Northwest. And um, I think we just got to read it here. Yeah, we got to do it. Okay. So, uh, as we just heard, this is posted on my Northwest, um, the home of the Chud. And this is <laughs> Jason Rance. Rance, Seattle council member, pushes communist Cuban propaganda, celebrates Castro. <laughs> Whoa. <And> this, <laughs> this was published a mere three hours ago. By Eddie Munster. It's not a full moon, is it? Maybe that's what's going <laughs> on. Okay, so Mercury's it's got, still in retrograde. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's got a picture of uh, Mosqueda just chilling, being a council person, and says Seattle Council Member Teresa Mosqueda amplified a socialist promoting commu- <laughs> promoting communist propaganda from Cuba. <gasps> oh my God. Oh it God. also what? includes a picture glorifying Cuban tyrant <laughs> and mass murderer Fidel Castro. <laughs> yeah. He looks awesome, man. <laughs> I, the, the man never took a bad photo. So, um, yeah. I don't know. If, does that glorify him? I, I'm glorifying him now. I think he's cool. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, I think Castro he's an awesome rules. guy. Yeah. The tweet screenshots and this is in scare quotes, article from Grandma, the official voice of the Communist Party of Cuba Central Committee. In it, the communist propaganda outlet snaps at the United States for designating their country a state sponsor of terror. Yeah, well, uh, I love that about the article, actually, because um, they do that is they do open like they are doing propaganda well, like it, it, it's none of this like beating around the bush you'd get from your like uh of anything you actually wanted to hear from like a from your capitalist propaganda you know yeah. like it's just right up there first paragraph this is and it's bullshit. correct that's this the is bullshit. thing yeah exactly we shouldn't be designated as sponsor terror that's bullshit but let's hear what um uh jason rance has to say they earn that designation for Okay, I'm ready to hear his explanation of how Aww. the uh, how Cuba earned the designation of state sponsor of terror from the mouth of Jason Rance. Call and go. It's from the maw of Jason Rance <laughs> for sponsoring terrorism. Oh, Whoa. Fuck. oh mind blown! Wow. <laughs> wow, dude, you just so sewed it up right there. Mm. Case closed. That's all we need, and that's Close all we need. Investigated journalism is dead. <laughs> Somebody get this man a Pulitzer. They, yeah. they also harbor terrorists and U.S. fugitives. Oh, oh and yeah. Again, among like the things to put up on the scoreboard for Cuba, like <laughs> harbors people that uh, the United States wants to like imprison or kill. Uh, yeah, very that's fucking cool. cool. They also harbor Tupac Shakur. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are literally people in Cu- like Americans in Cuba who've yeah, like no, there are killed like, like uh, cops and KKK. What's her name? People yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and she like escaped from jail and uh, fled to Cuba, and yeah. Cuba was like, hell yeah. <laughs> 
they're like, what? You you killed an American cop or some yeah, like racist? Right. In the, whoa, you yeah, killed hell like yeah. racist chuds in the KKK. <laughs> That's awesome. Fuck. Yeah. They Welcome also- here anytime. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. The move in the waning days of the Trump administration reversed an Obama-era decision from 2015. Mosqueda's tweet comes after what seems like a coordinated effort to two. So there's a there's that patented my Northwest uh, just sloppy writing and editing here to prop up the communist country at the expense of the U.S. And okay, then, so he shows the tweet yeah. there, the whole thing. He he repastes his own tweet for us all to see, which is great. What, yeah. Which is just a screenshot of my tweet. Yeah, so it has like one sixth of the clout if that, that <laughs> mine does. Yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah. Not fuck not off, even. you blue check, Jason Rance. <laughs> Dude, he's got no play out of that. Yeah, and it was yesterday too, dude. It was fucking yesterday. <laughs> like, <laughs> what no full moon does do an MF? <laughs> <laughs> Mosqueda praises communist Cuba, slams capitalist U.S. So this is Hell awesome. Yeah. yeah, we're moving on. Mosqueda has always been a far left ideologue privately, but has attempted <laughs> to somewhat- as she's told me over tea. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. what? <laughs> but has attempted to somewhat moderate her public positions. But in the last year, she's taken a hard turn to the left. She's openly defended threats to murder police. And is I, now, I, I somehow doubt that. And is now openly embracing socialism to help keep an active Seattle base of voters <laughs> to turn out for her reelection campaign. So, 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 so. Far left privately, but has attempted to moderate somewhat her public position. So no getting no no credit for that really ultimate no benefit uh from that from moderating her public positions. You're not like uh you're not letting her slide on this one to help like try and help people of Seattle get uh vaccines or whatever COVID healthcare because generally she's moderated her positions. That that means I just want to clarify that that means nothing to conservatives in case anyone well, well, no Greg, you know. wait, wait, Greg, but you know, I thought, you know, Obama when he got elected, he specifically made cause and made inroads with the Republicans. And he wanted to just play both sides and reach across the aisle. Because really if Obama didn't, he'd be called a gay Muslim communist every single day. And guess what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, if this is true, if if, if Rance's subtle analysis here is true and Teresa Mosqueda is rounding a corner and has learned from sort of the Trump years and is just going to like uh, start you know, dropping like a sickle and hammer banner from her, uh, <laughs> her place on the dais. Um, I, I, I think that's a real growth from her. Yeah. That's no. great. Also, that's great. uh, he says like, you know, she's just doing this to keep an active base of Seattle voter voters to turn out for her election. Like, I mean, I, okay. I mean, try, I wish doing things again, voters wish. like doing, yeah. do, she's doing things that will get her reelected. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't that. know if, it, I don't know if it's true, but 
Yeah, right. The, I mean, the active base that uh, elected Jenny Durkin in a landslide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the active base. That. I mean, I guess the the he's talking about like um, how she's you know trying to uh, bring the the people who campaigned against her on for for um, John Grant yeah four right. years ago like into the this is her plan to to bring yeah. them fully into uh, right. her campaign and uh, I don't know so far it's working <laughs> 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 last month Mosqueda teamed up with her like-minded colleague socialist council member Shama Sawant to pass a resolution to support the communist country. The propaganda outlet celebrates the resolution. Apparently, the only outlet supportive of the move was the one working for the Communist Party. Sounds like communism is good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like it's pretty good. You're kind of selling me, Jason. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is doing that classic conservative thing of uh, making it just sound cool. Like telling us all the good things. <laughs> yeah. The communists and the, 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 um, the outlet that was supportive of this amazing resolution to <laughs> collaborate and have international health care and education was working for the communist party. The, the bourgeois press up and down refused to report this story <laughs> that, <laughs> that people might be interested to know about. Oh, okay. Yeah, weird. We didn't cover it in my Northwest or yeah. uh, uh, 770 until, until just now. Yeah, until somebody tweeted about it. <laughs> <laughs> until... <laughs> Uh, The resolution props up Cuba's socialized medicine system, which pays its doctors about the equivalent of $70 a month, forcing them to take jobs as cab drivers to make ends meet for its successful response to COVID. Uh, For its, I mean, you you said it right there, successful response to COVID. Like, uh, you know, that kind of says it all. They, uh, um, this country that, uh, whose economy has been punished by uh, the United States for its entire existence uh, has had a successful response to COVID. I think that's the main takeaway from that paragraph. It's also interesting to see this, like the, <laughs> the uh, side hustle, the five to nine getting some, uh, getting thrown some shade here by conservatives like that. You have to drive a cab. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. America. Never you're heard just, that one before. You're, yeah, you're, America, you're talking man. about America, dude. <laughs> We've had a whole Super Bowl commercial about that, didn't <laughs> yeah. we? While the resolution chides the U.S. for having the highest number of COVID-19 cases and deaths in the world, stay winning, number one, it celebrates Cuba's free community-based healthcare system, unified government approach, and robust biopharmaceutical industry for enabling the country to effectively deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. Almost all of that was in quotes. Yeah, so that's from the resolution, and it's just like... Again, this is why the bourgeois press did not cover this until now, dude. Yeah. It's because they would have had to print shit like that <laughs> yeah. in it that makes <laughs> Cuba com- and communism sound uh, way better than this, Sounds than what we live on. awesome, man. So you're really not doing yourself any favors here. Cuba has been so effective that they just announced strict 9 p.m. curfews of Havana's 2.2 million residents amid a surge of cases. They also closed schools and curtailed travel. The success they did have is somewhat questionable, given the media in Cuba is state-sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Okay, so like a place, I mean, it's so, this is how fucked up our response to COVID is, is it's so confusing. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's so confusing to like talk to people about like, no, you're right. Like even the stuff you're hearing from like Democrats that what we should be doing is also stupid, right? So you're talking about our country is so fucked up that you, it doesn't even map on to talking about another country that's doing this well. Yeah, they have us, they have they're having a surge, so they're closing the schools, meaning <laughs> they've not had a surge previously to where they could have schools open. And now when something something with probably with the new fucking variant is getting out of hand, they're taking action because they have a, a fucking uh, serious like approach to this. Like, but it, it, this stuff, it does not map like it does not overlay onto the United States, onto our debates about this shit at all. You don't think it's better to drag your feet for an entire year and just uh, never like have... We're literally in a fucking massive surge and talking about the need to get schools back open. <laughs> so it's like a parallel fucking universe. Fucking yeah. L... Like, California is just now open. Gavin Newsom yeah. was just like, yeah, fuck me up, fam. Let's just, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. open this shit. <laughs> yeah, so same, like, same with New York. And the numbers are... fuck. Like, dude, I was just talking to Max today. Uh, he said that like New York City fucking infected rate is like 12% right now. This is this is coming from <laughs> I did not look this up, but like uh or maybe he said that that was the transmission rate. I don't know. Fuck. Something. But it's something heinous where like he doesn't leave his house. You know what I mean? Cool. So uh yeah. I mean yeah, you just cannot map this shit onto any American's conception of any of this. Yeah, no, I mean, the bi the biggest action that American will take is just like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, we are we are closing down um, all essential services and we are going to shut down malls by 60%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, all right. The pretzels must flow, Munya. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, th this is also just truly psychotic when you consider almost every other country on earth has taken this approach besides maybe like five, including the United States, but cool. Yeah. The, the resolution passed by the council eight to one also calls yeah. on president Joe Biden to restore full diplomatic relations with Cuba. Council member Alex Peterson was the only member who rightly opposed the resolution. <laughs> So tomb strikes again. All right, we're we're to a new bullet point here celebrating Fidel Castro. The tweet, <laughs> the tweet Mosqueda amplified also featured a photo of a young, highly pleased. This is in scare quotes. <laughs> where where wait, whoa. Where's the highly pleased coming from? Where what are you quoting? What is Jason? he quoting? His own, what, what are just, you quoting? That's his thought. He's like. Man looks, man looks happy. And damn, but he does. He does look happy. He looks uh, like he's dabbing on America from the grave. And indeed he is. Fidel Castro smoking a cigar from 1960. And that could be any picture of Fidel Castro, but mm -hmm. looking pleased and smoking a cigar. It's unclear. Highly pleased. Why Mosquito would be proud of Castro. But it's likely. I think it's very clear. I think you made it very clear by quoting her earlier. <laughs> but it's likely for political gain. Socialists in Seattle, the kind who show blind loyalty 
to Sawant <laughs> as if she's a cult leader. Think Castro is a folk hero for the socialist Cuban utopian. She'll I am be- not blindly loyal to Shama Swan. I am passionately loyal <laughs> to Shama Swan. There's a difference. Because I see what she does in her position of power every day. Every single day. I mean, Swan's good. I, I mean, like like Castro, among the most based uh, leaders in the history of yeah. the world. Uh, Castro a different ruled, scale. Sawant rules. <laughs> and they were like, both extremely based. They were both just good. If they weren't based, we wouldn't like them. We like, wouldn't. I mean, it's yeah, just exactly. that simple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. She'll need uneducated activists to give her their democracy vouchers during her re-election campaign. Redistribution of wealth. Am I right? I mean that doesn't even no comment. Yeah, what is he just, just saying? Like, what is he saying here? I I I don't. I mean, he's this is just now we're to the treading water like just uh pat out the minutes pat out with all the count. grievances, yeah. you know, like all the yeah. stock call yeah, like no, just no, we're the, just doing wedge issues now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. God, I love this. Castro put gays in forced labor camps. He tried to hire former SS officers to instruct his army during the Cuban Missile Crisis. This is just all what the U.S. He's just basically describing the U.S. and just like, you know, is like doing the Microsoft word, like replace U.S. with Castro. <laughs> what what former paste. SS officers? They were all already employed by the West German government. Yeah, where does he think like, missiles came from? <laughs> At the, when, well, yeah, seriously, Jesus. Oh, God. The tyrant didn't recognize independent labor unions or a free press. And he would throw activists, journalists, and free thinkers. Free thinkers. <laughs> in jail if they questioned him. I mean, like, like this is obviously all the, the kind of standard old right-wing anti-communist bullshit decades old propaganda that we just don't have to litigate on the basis of this like uh conservative radio chud like we just don't have to get into this argument. <laughs> um, we, i don't care i don't care i don't care with with the one with the small caveat that like not for jason rance's ears not to engage with him at all but for the listeners, for the comrades, like obviously we can have those discussions about the, you know, various uh, criticisms of historical socialist societies. Uh, we can have those conversations, you know, in in that place uh, among ourselves, uh, may, may potentially even on this show at some point. But we're not going to engage with him on that. Like we can have, as many people have pointed out engaging with jason rance on twitter that you know cuba in particular has come an enormous uh, way on gay rights since like uh the late 80s and uh you know we can have that i'm not we're not going to get into that discussion with him but you, we can have that discussion about real criticisms of uh post-revolution cuba on those issues because you know like america and the entire rest of the world uh there's a lot you know, there's a lot to be 
uh, critical of on that. But like again, not not getting into that with Jason fucking Rance, uh, a totally disingenuous, uh, uh, a historical and uninformed uh, conservative dork. <laughs> Of course, his regime was also responsible for the murder of scores of innocent Cubans. And then that's just kind of left. Yeah, the I mean, they, they did they did have to fight, you know, a war for uh, that revolution. So Yeah, you yeah. kind of do have to fight like fascist. You know, before Castro, it was kind of like a slave island. Um, yeah, he, people Batista. didn't. Weird that, you know, people didn't, uh, you know, those Cuban families that went back uh, 500 years didn't want to give up their only very recently non-officially chattel slavery plantations um, just because he asked nicely. Mm, (laughs) They all had to be driven off the island to Florida. Yeah. Whoa. I hope you're, you're ready for this next one. While pandering for votes to the LGBTQ community, Jews... Union and media members, and anyone with even a cursory understanding of history, I hope Mosqueda will explain all this. I think we just explained it fine. So you can take this as uh, the pro- probably the only response you're ever going to get. Honestly, you should be lucky for this, Jason. No one else is going to come back. No one else is going to litigate a single fucking sentence of this with you except us. So we are now we are locked in this dance, Rance. Uh, we are <laughs> we Where's are now. Two- we're, we're locked in this dance, Rance. <laughs> The serious, serious full moonlight. <laughs> a yes, we're like two moons tidally locked in each other's orbits. Honestly, th- that's an own. You, you've actually owned us by making us talking about this shit. So, uh, I guess, I guess you're laughing now. Yeah, well, yeah. proving that he's point, actually laughing. Mosqueda did not respond to requests for. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, very cool awesome wow. that was what, what, an, a, what an uplifting story what a story like of actual hope you know god i mean yeah right our, our, this this is really this resolution like it's a symbolic thing but it man it has this promise this promise of what if seattle like actually successfully managed to get like a a, a small contingent of cuban doctors to like set up in uh, the lobby of City Hall and like, uh, you know, giving out Cuban vaccines for free to people. Um, that would be pretty fucking cool. I would be the first in line. <laughs> yeah, that would rock. Get your Cuban vaccines, people. Wow. Well, I'm sure Organize Van, for it. Van Helsing will be apprehending Jason soon and we won't have to talk <laughs> about him anymore. <laughs> So the next big story that I think we were planning to discuss is, of course, the specter of unionization <laughs> that, that, is, that is looming large over Amazon <laughs> in uh, Alabama. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. This is, this is this a is good. this is a huge, huge story. More good huge, news. Huge, awesome thing. Um, Hopefully, I, I mean... Solidarity to these Alabama warehouse workers. Um, like, man, we are with you all the way. 100%. You know, they're facing, like, such a brutal pushback from Amazon, and they're just like, 
keep fighting. It's, it's hopeful, honestly. Like seeing that video, man. Yeah. Like I got, I got chills. You know, like I was like kind, of, I was kind of emotional watching it. You know, it's just like um, Alabama's not an easy place to organize at all. Like I mean, fuck, like anywhere in the U.S., but especially um, in Alabama, it's rough. Um, you know, for Amazon warehouse workers to just be working overtime and you know they're standing out in the streets like that, man. It's a, uh, it's it's amazing to see. And you know, Amazon is not taking the sitting down. Like they're bringing no. like this trillion dollar company that we all, you know, our our uh, our friendly little uh, our feudal you know, lord, feudal lord, exactly. Um, they're they're I mean they're not pulling punches, and it's just insane to see. Um, but like they, you know, the people are just they're keeping on going, and just from what I can tell, it's just incredible so and and this is the real fight too you know we've spent a lot of time on you know the the ye olde seattle sucks podcast <laughs> talking about amazon interfering in dumping tons of money in elections in this town their hometown right but honestly compared to this that's bullshit that doesn't matter like as much yeah. as we i and we have been invested in the in you know our city council and mayor's races and the other fights that gone in this town for the head tax for 15 now you know all the shit that amazon opposed with their money and recruited a bunch of like small business tyrants to oppose with them for all of like guy palumbo's machinations like that shit ultimately is not like a a hundredth as important as the actual political fight of actually con organizing the workers of Amazon, their, you know, the, the warehouse proletariat of this massive company, because if we recognize that they have in our capitalist system, that they have enormous power and that that power gives them the power, the money to affect all the rest of our politics and our society to shape our economy. And yes, to fiddle in our local fucking elections. The only way to really confront that is where that power comes from. And that's from their fucking business and regular fucking working people have their hands on that business every fucking day. And the, so the only way, the only real entree that we really have into the world of that power of the power of capital is at that place. And this is that fucking place. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree with you. You're totally right. This is the first time that, a vote has occurred for Amazon unionization in a warehouse and Amazon has done everything that they could possibly do. Um, at least that we know about now to make it not go through or not happen. In fact, they appealed to the NLRB to try to delay the vote, but that failed, which is why the vote proceeded today. Um, I think we found out that that was going to be a seven-week process, which is pretty long, so we won't know anything for a while, but it's at least ongoing. Um, and some of the other things from the video that they tried to do, I mean, a couple weeks ago, we almost talked about this on the show, but they had set up a website to try to dissuade workers from unionizing because the union dues could be used for all kinds of other things. Ooh. Uh, oh despite, gosh. yeah, despite on average union members making much more money. <clears throat> um, and then in this thread that Munya had talked about, uh, more perfect union is the, the display name. I will link to it in the show notes. They talk about all the other ways that Amazon has 
has mobilized to mess with these people, including putting messaging all over. Every time you go to the bathroom, you get some kind of anti-union messaging. They're texting these workers up to five times a day that they shouldn't be unionizing. Um, And they even went so far as to change a traffic light right outside of the warehouse because that was where the organizers were trying to talk to people. And essentially what they did is they just changed the speed in coordination with the city, I think is what it sounded like, which is Bessemer. Um, So that pretty much any time a car approached that light, it was going to change to green. And in the video, they said since they made that change, yeah, there's been at least one accident that almost uh, involved person like uh one of the organizers was almost that's, hit. yeah that is fucking incredible yeah no i i i feel the same way it's, it's it's incredible and absurd because you know like that that light changes green like one i mean the fact that like the city um and amazon colluded to do that that's just like remarkable in and of itself but then i mean the fact that you know a car will pull up and then the light will automatically turn green while the green light is still on the other side right so then you know perpendicular like you're just going into oncoming traffic being like fuck it whatever like you know and you're turning left and i mean like it's basically having like four green lights on at once Um, yeah it's a it's a gross it's it's an absolutely like gross corrupt thing like that should shock but it's one of these things that should shock liberals right like like oh my god this is a public safety thing this is like should be outside of the realm of both of politics even but certainly of commerce of a private company to do this to like collude with the city in this way it should surprise you know probably surprise some people who hear that story they'll probably most people won't that that um won't ever hear it that you know that the uh, city, the city government would, uh, you know, get in bed and take the side of uh, Amazon in this. But it's just, I mean, it's like, it's such a simple, it's such a crude illustration of the fact that in all these struggles that we have or will have with capital, that like we've never we we have not even begun to see the extent of capital's power. This is something I, I brought up a lot in the. Facts. In sort of during the Bernie campaign, you know, as as invested in it, as hopeful as I was about that. I mean, I, I kept saying after every victory that like all that means is we have not yet seen the reaction that for every like uh, as every victory on the like rules as they exist, there will come like a a reaction that that will wipe that out. And like that on a on a big like electoral you know national presidential election like that's pretty easy to to track you know and 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 it's very disheartening though right it's, and the 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 lesson at the end of the day is well oh was it or the question at the end of the day well was it pointless like knowing this knowing that all the this these uh they had all this power to change the rules to to do all this shit at the end of the day was it pointless i think it's a question I'm not going lit- to litigate now but this what we see is like how in just these people are trying to unionize, like there's no limit. There's nothing that they won't do. It seems like they're even like risking people's lives by doing something as petty as changing, colluding with the local government to change the timing of a stoplight that people are used to driving through just so they won't have 30 seconds to talk to organizers on the sidewalk. Yeah. The, probably the only place they can do it right. That's close yeah. to the plant. This one place, this choke point where people have to, the workers have to go by to get in, but not on the property, on public property. The only 
public property we have in America, which is the fucking streets and sidewalks. And the thing is, like, it shows simultaneously, like, oh, this avenue of attack, this avenue of reaction that you wouldn't have even guessed that they had, they found, and they are using. And the lesson from it should be, that's not it. It's not fucking over. It's not just going to be like using like I think everyone would be very prepared for them to use sort of legalisms and pressure in the National Labor Relations Board as we've seen big companies do. We've talked about Boeing doing it, you know, just just totally like bullshit rulings. Uh, that would be expected. The basic like HR tactics of like the videos and the texting and all this shit. But no, of course, it's going to come. Uh, to petty, weird, corrupt, unsafe shit like this, because the truth is, in the end, it's gonna go farther. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. if you really start to threaten the power of capital by confronting it, by taking it from them at the point where that capital is generated, they're gonna fucking murder you. Now, is that gonna happen in this? Am I saying that's gonna happen in this fight here? No, I think this is like a, this is a, this is an early fight in this war like the point is they they have all the power and they're gonna fucking use it in ways that will boggle your fucking mind yep which is why you know we need to nationalize amazon you know i mean (laughs) ultimately like there's no reform within like the capitalist system yeah um it's like really good to struggle for reform it's great but at the end of the day when the employer still has the power and the employee being exploited for that power like we saw um you know after the um new deal right um you know like there was a lot of like hard-fought gains but you know that capitalist system was still you know in place that employer employee relationship and um for decades um capital organized and chipped the fuck away at those hard-earned gains constantly because i mean the fundamental oppressive structure remained the same uh, the median income right now in, in Bessemer, Alabama is uh, yeah, 31, just a little over $31,000 a year. Um, and, Bess- and Bessemer, especially at uh, this uh, Amazon warehouse, is mostly all black. Um, and this unionization drive is being led by, um, by black people, which is really inspiring. Absolutely. Amazon earned $125, over $125 billion just in three months alone. Jesus. So, I mean, like, this is like kind of like what they're what they're up against, right? And like, this is a small step in that struggle, you know. And I just hope that, um, you know, workers gain more power. But I think it's really going to expose the mask on like what the power that capital actually has. Because right now, I mean, they've just been yeeting and dabbing on us the whole time. Because you know, there's really been no labor movement and action and shit. Um, and we still seen some fucked up shit from them. So, you know, now that you know we're seeing Amazon for the first time. Uh, you know, Amazon workers voting to unionize, which as we as we know with how these happen, you know, these coming waves like we saw in the journalism industry, right, where, you know, like a few journalist outlets do. And now, like, you know, there's a lot more unionization there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, same thing with Alabama. The precedent that this will set will be huge. And I think it'll inspire a lot more, um, you know, votes to come and take place. And yeah, so we we've seen Amazon be cruel and brutal without even any threat to their capital whatsoever. So, um, you know, we, you know, we got to, this organizing got to keep up and we got to think beyond just that reform in my, in my opinion. And like, you know, like continue the struggle onwards, right. It's not going to start, it's not going to happen overnight, but, 
I think like you got to look at a world beyond capitalism in general and look at, you know, the opportunity that Amazon poses with their centralized. Like if we can democratize Amazon, like we can really just, um, we can democratize anything, you know? So yeah, it's great. Well, if we can even organize its entire workforce to take control of it, you know, but I mean, yeah, that is yeah. a long way away. And like you said, the precedent is huge here. And it's not just because not just on like a sort of lib thinking, like consciousness or awareness model, this is going to, I mean, people are going to learn from this. People are going to, yes, other Amazon warehouse workers will have an example to look to. They'll, they're, they're going to learn from organizers, maybe from the news, probably not, but from organizers, <laughs> look, this happened, this worked, it's going on here. But the people who organize this are going to have learned the people who were organized early on and, and participated in organizing the rest of the warehouse are going to be fucking soldiers, uh, who have fucking fought in the trenches of this shit, who can then go out and organize their fellow uh, warehouse workers across the country, which is exactly why, you know, Amazon's going to stoop to, like, this petty, dangerous, fucking corrupt shit, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, they're, uh, bra- brave people. Brave people who, frankly, are putting their, at least their fucking jobs at risk. Um like oh, 100%. No, it's 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 honestly it's so inspiring to see. Like I I mean like I said I get chills watching that video. These people, you know, it's it's the bravest thing to go up against one of the most powerful corporations that they're working for in such a precarious time too, like in the middle of a pandemic, you know? Like these people have families. They have kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like Fuck. It's, it's well, ultimately a lot, you yeah. know, desperation is probably a part of it. You know, uh, it'll be interesting to see like, this is going to be a real interesting test of the Biden administration. Like I think if, if Trump had won, I think you could easily assume and guarantee that the national labor relations board would be completely hostile to labor continuing on and, to the point where you would just agree just things continue to happen. Like I, I could see if they easily, if they uh, win this vote, they manage to unionize. I could see Amazon shutting down the plant, shutting down the warehouse mm-hmm. and not getting and not yeah. getting ding for it. Like things that yeah. are technically, you know, should be technically in the law. What's left of labor law in America, technically, obviously illegal, but not historically enforced. Uh, and all kinds of other stuff. Um, and we've seen people like, again, I was mentioning Boeing. We talked several weeks ago about Bo- the Boeing plant in North Carolina, like voting to unionize and the NLRB throwing it out saying uh, you're you don't really have that much in common with workers at a Boeing plant in Seattle to join their union. So, uh, no, we're going to throw that out. So there's all kinds of shit that could go down here that could. Ver- I mean, that was during the Obama administration. So that. I think you would say, obviously, under the Trump and LRB, this would be, you know, open season on these people and they just a total betrayal. Now it's like, who who knows? We just, I, I think all that could still happen. I think they could still be allowed to close it and fire all those people in obvious like labor retaliation or you know, appeal it to the NLRB and get it thrown out in some absurd ruling, as again has happened under the Obama administration in major cases. So all that could happen or who the fuck knows? We just don't know. Um, So but if that happens, I think the key thing to keep in mind is like that's still the organization still happened. And it's all it's all learning. It's all uh, 
learning what the terrain is for labor organizing. At some point, if that stuff does go down again, then that's going to send a message that you need to say, tell the NLRB to fuck off and basically uh, organize outside the uh, American labor legal system. Yeah. That system's ultimately corrupted too by capital. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that is all true. Um, and it remains to be seen. And there was more Amazon news besides this unionization effort or this vote happening this week. But last week on the same day that Bezos announced he would be stepping down as CEO to be galactic emperor or whatever of the board, uh, the, let me just find the agency. The yeah, the FTC found that Amazon had stolen almost sixty-two million dollars from gig workers by stealing their what? tips. What? Huh? Yeah. Bezos just like, ah, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, no, thank I'm you. I'm not dealing I, with this shit. This isn't that's, fun that's anymore. The yeah. <laughs> the fu- <laughs> yeah. Like. Ugh. Fuck this shit. I'm not you gonna try and hold me account? Uh you can't fire me. I quit. Uh yeah, peace, no, bitches. Yeah. You all are the real drug addicts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was he's, announced he's killing the cop in his head. Guys. Announced Andy <laughs> Jassy. Is that how, does anyone know how to pronounce that dude's name? I'm gonna say it Jazzy. 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 Okay. That's uh, a choice. They, they were announced as the successor to Jeff Bezos and they came from AWS. Apparently they've been around for a very long time and um, yeah, we're, they, it sounds like they already don't have a great track record on all of the things that leftists care about, uh, including <laughs> facial recognition really? technology <laughs> and abuses of that technology. Weird that um, like the air cool. of Jeff Bezos is bad. He's also a big <laughs> political contributor in this town. You know, yeah. he was a, a a Capitol Hill resident, um, a constituent of Shaman Sawant. Yeah, um, and uh, a big, I believe, a, a donor to um, uh, what's the ass face? Uh, Egan. What was his name? O- e- Egan O'Brien. Egan O'Brien. Egan with the laughing face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Cool. And That's Egan great. Head mean, is now like the fucking CEO of the biggest company in the world. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that does fucking rule. That fucking owns. I mean, they. Yeah, you know, they're they're uh, they're probably buddies. I mean, maybe Egan can like parlay this into a uh, some kind of like you know uh, diversity consulting gig at uh, Amazon. I don't know. Well, yeah, he can start some new weird baby lab. Yeah. A blood, yeah. blood quantum lab. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so if you're curious what Bezos is up to, in his own words, in his letter to the company, he wrote, Oh, God. As much as I still oh tap dance into the office, I'm excited about this transition. Millions what? of customers depend on us for our services, and more than a million employees depend on us for their livelihoods. Uh, you, you depend on them, you piece Ooh. of shit. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck B- big off. time fuck you. Being the CEO of Amazon is a deep responsibility and it's consuming. When you have a responsibility like that, it's hard to put attention on anything else. 
Is it like keeping your dick pics out of? Dude, I, I don't know. Um, is it the way you're reading this, or is it the text itself? But it's coming off extremely horny to me. Is it me? <laughs> is it? I don't know, man. I it could be me. This, I have that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, it, is, it, is it? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I. It's like he's like I still yeah. tap dance in the eye. It's like do yeah. we still got the magic, honey. I, 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 I just hear like I just hear like the spring like <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. As as execs as exec chair, I will stay engaged in important Amazon initiatives, but also have the time and energy I need to focus on the day one fund, which, if you don't remember, is his uh, this is Gates Foundation, right? Mo pick a nonprofit by the toe if I pay them maybe they'll succeed kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, uh, I think specifically, well, Mary's place was part of it, yeah. but mm-hmm. for, uh, unhoused families and children, uh, especially. And also there was some school thing in there, um, mm-hmm. probably trying to destroy public schools, but who knows the Bezos earth fund. Oh, that's his GoFundMe. He's trying to buy the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah anything dope. helps y'all uh, I'm assuming- <laughs> <laughs> please boost <laughs> i'm assuming this is his climate change thing right i think he just announced this recently cool we're saved yeah just like bill uh blue origin which is his plan to not only incinerate money as fast as possible blowing up rockets but also to make and sure enslave your descendants yeah, in that, an asteroid yes like tunnel yes yeah. that there are no more human <laughs> beings that aren't descended from a gates or a bezos on earth in about 200 years the washington post imagine being like called back from the mines you you were born into <laughs> having been we haven't we've gone to let down a lot of lines of this but i'm thinking now like the only hope for you having been born and for several generations die in space never having seen earth to eventually uh be actually drafted to be taken back to fight in some bizarre like feudal territory <laughs> war between like the descendants of your gates and your your uh bezos and your uh maws and your like uh the buffets buffets yeah you know now i'm thinking about uh all of them having a um a radical reading group and they're reading um the black jacobins about the Haitian revolution and that, you know, they're learning about the big white, uh, what they're called is the big whites. Um, the, um, <laughs> you know, big plantation owners, you know, how, and how they like ran those fucking like, like psychotic slave plantations. They're like, damn, that's a good business model. Fuck. <laughs> Let's do this on Mars. <laughs> Dude. It's, it's, I, I keep saying it, but it is just filibustering in space. Which we will be talking about, well, not in space, but filler bustering in our Patreon episode. It's honestly, the moon, it's the subject that explains everything. Uh, it really does. It's, it's the, like, for me, in my mind, it's, like, my, like, lodestar of, like, uh, of colonial psycho thinking. Yeah. It's just, you have to think of them as land pirates. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> like, they are. That's, they're that's the big whites. They, they, they're just the big whites. They're fucking, like, yeah. 
Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> they own like swaths of land, um, and they they got want in to super run. fucked up ways. Yeah, and yeah, run they got slave and, like, and yeah, and run. Yeah, exactly, run yeah. slave colonies and want to maintain them in super fucked up ways, and be, we'll go be, and we'll just do mass murder to keep them. A filibusterer, a filibustero in the eighteen in the nineteenth er, yeah, yeah, in the eighteenth and nineteenth century sense is Greg, basically. Because I, I think a lot of people when they hear filibuster, I think they think of um, like Bernie just uh, oh, right, you know yeah. being on the Senate floor. Right, so that's that's would, an illusion. To, in the Senate, they take it from the 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 thing in the Senate comes from uh, filibustero, which is Spanish for pirate, which uh, it comes from the. Uh, practice in the 18th and 19th century of Americans going to the West, like Texas or in Central and South America, and just like taking some guns and money and like uh, grabbing it, pirating land by just being there and standing there with guns (laughs) and saying, I'm in charge now, which is like kind of what you do in the Senate. You're just like, nope, I'm I'm still talking. I'm still talking because I can. And that's what they do. You go there and you you to so to filibuster it what well, yeah, i guess they had to say it in spanish uh because they were doing it in spanish-speaking uh areas of of mexico and central america and south america also probably because they didn't want to just say pirate because actually in america they thought this was cool a lot of people and they didn't want to be calling their friends who were going trying to set up slave states in uh the rest of the americas with like a few dollars and the backing of some some slave planters in the south they didn't want to call them pirates. And it occurs to me that that is basically like that practice is like in and why it fascinates me so much. Uh, and I compare it to a lot of things. It's just like fucking uh, what they're trying to do on fucking Mars and in space, Elon and Jeff. And it's like what the seasteaders are ultimately trying to do. And because it, it's someone in the modern era in the the 18th and 19th century, just looking at the camera like the Joker and saying, I am going to do primitive accumulation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, in addition to sending us all to space, he's also going to return to Democracy Dying in Darkness, the Washington Post, and his other passions, which... Oh, he, God, I shudder to think. Exactly, yeah. Look out, panda, on that couch. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had more energy. Okay, yeah, this man is fucking. And this isn't about (laughs) retirement. I'm super passionate about the impact I think these organizations can have. And then he just rode off into the sunset. Beautiful. Must be nice, man. Beautiful sentiment. All right. Well, um, I do feel a little bit bummed out that we had such a positive episode um, and then we ended on being forced into space to work for the big whites, but what can you do? Yeah. So <laughs> we have some new patrons. Um, Mike Hernandez. Welcome friend. Welcome back. Acquaintance <laughs> friend. I'm still going to say friend. <laughs> yes. Bean. I hope I pronounced that correct. Correctly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Jessa Chiro. Jessa oh my God, Chiro. my little sister. Hey. <laughs> That's, uh, sounds like the whole family. Hi, Jessa. Rocks. The whole fam is on the Patreon. That's a Long flex. Long time no see. Uh, thanks that's for listening. A, that's a big flex. It was the astrology episode that got her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we 
Well, yeah, it takes all kinds of episodes to reel people in. But if you want to be awesome like them, then go check out our Patreon, where, again, this week we're going to be talking about why local elections matter, according to the Seattle Times, which I I can just tell you right now, you don't want to miss this one. It is fucking hysterical. And (laughs) a new billionaire whose children will own some part of the United States. Your descendants. Yeah, while we are... (laughs) dying somewhere (laughs) millions of miles away from Earth. Some part of the human race. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Bye! Bye! (laughs) Bye!